This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman in his guise of Clark Kent probes for a reason behind the sudden vicious attack on Mayor Perry White as the mysterious Ghost Brigade strikes again. Jump and catfish, what's that? Oh, oh my Bill. God. You're out, what's it? It's an arrow. An arrow? Yeah. An arrow in your arm. Holy smokes. Birds. Bill. You see what I see? Look. Tomorrow, gang, is a day etched with blood on the calendars of the world. A day we shall never forget. For on May 8th of 1945, the war in Europe ended. It was V.E. Day, victory in Europe. Now to most of us, that meant that our brothers and fathers would soon be home from the war. But some of our brothers and fathers came home with Purple Heart medals because they'd been wounded. And some did not return at all. This was the price of victory. The price paid by the brothers and fathers of youngsters who are white and colored, Protestant, Catholic, and Jewish. Our soldiers fought so that there would be victory in Europe and freedom at home for you and me and all Americans of all races and religions. You know, gang, there's really nothing glamorous about war. That's why parading and saluting is not the best way to celebrate V.E. Day. The best way is to try and do something to make peace stay with us forever. Well, how can you do that? Well, when you turn thumbs down on bullies, when then you're sticking up for freedom from fear. When you choose a friend because he's a regular guy and never mind his religion, then you're really on the side of freedom of religion. When you defend every fellow's right to speak his mind, whether or not you agree with him, then you're fighting for freedom of speech. And when you give a quarter or a dime to the United Nations Appeal to feed the starving children of Europe, then you're helping to bring about freedom from want for all. By doing those things, you fight for the four freedoms too, just as your soldier dads and your soldier brothers did. And now, the adventures of Superman! Superman! <laughs> 
It is late evening in Metropolis, and the downtown business district of the city is quiet and dark, except for one building, the towering skyscraper housing the offices of the Daily Planet. The entire structure is alive with the powerful throb of giant presses turning out thousands upon thousands of copies of the early morning edition. But upstairs, in the office of Gray White, just off the large city room, things are far from routine. The gray-haired editor's face is set in angry lines, and his eyes are bright with anger as Clark Kent reads an editorial printed on the front page of the latest edition of the opposition paper, The Daily Blade. Therefore, in the light of the tragic events of the day, we can come to only one conclusion. The present city administration, headed by Perry White, is corrupt and hopelessly incompetent. Corrupt? They accuse me of corruption? Pretty strong word. Accuse me of corrupt government? Why, I'll... I'll, 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 I'll show that yellow rag. I'll, I'll show them. Hello. Chief. Hello, this is Perry White. Chief, wait. Let me take it down in the press room. Chief, what are you going to do? Blast right back at them, that's what. If they want to find I'm just the one to give it to no, them. No, Chief, now don't do anything rash. Hello, Jiggins. Chief, will you listen? Reset the front page. Chief, give me two columns for a special editorial. Chief, please, will you listen you to me? You got that, Two columns. Okay, I'll rush you down to you as fast as I can. Now, where's the typewriter? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't do this. Who says I can't? I don't mean you can't. I'm asking you not to. You'll be making a big mistake. Oh, I see. What you want me to do is to let them get away with these filthy lies. Not at all, but this is no time to fight back. You're in no position to prove that they're wrong. Can they prove they're right? I don't know. That's what worries me. What? Do you mean to say that you believe them? No, no, chief. No, of course I don't believe them. But, well, look at it this way. The blade has always been sniping at you every chance they got. But there's never been a broadside like this. They must be leveling for something big. So what would you suggest I do about it, mastermind? Issue a statement from your office at City Hall tomorrow. A statement to all papers, so it won't sound like a personal feud between the planet and the blade. Maybe by that time you'll have something to report. Well, I don't know. Well, go on, go on, Chief. Call Jacobs. Cancel that last order. Well, why I let you talk me into these things, I'll never know. You'll thank me for it before we're through. Hello. Get me Jacobs again. Hurry it up. Why did I ever run for mayor? Why, I ask you. Because you're an honest man who wanted an honest administration. Hello, Jacobs. Perry White again. Never mind that change. Roll it off as she stands. Right. Sorry I caused you so much trouble. Okay. All right, campaign manager. Now what? Uh, we'll work out an official statement later. Right now, I want to show you a couple of things I've found. Now, now, who in blazes would that be? Come in. Good evening, Your Honor. Huh? You remember me, I trust. My name is Hammer. Albert Hammer. From oh, the... yes, yes, yes. The uh, 4th District. You're the new councilman, aren't you? Yes. Sorry, I didn't recognize you at first. Oh, uh, have a seat. Thank you. Uh, this is Clark Kent, one of my reporters. How do you do, sir? Oh, Mr. Kent, of course. I've seen your byline in the paper many times. Glad to meet you. Well, Hammer, what can I do for you? You're probably wondering at the lateness of my visit. Your Honor, I assure you I've come on an exceedingly important errand. Exceedingly important. Yes, what is it? I want to know what's going on in the city of Metropolis. Well, what do you mean? I mean the breakdown in the subway this morning, the robbery of the Metropolis National Bank, and disastrous fire at the waterfront. Oh, well, they, they were accidents. They just, just happened, that's all. Things like that don't just happen, Your Honor. The lives of thousands of people in this city were affected today, and many more thousands are put in positions of grave danger. A situation like that cannot be tolerated. Excuse me for interfering, Mr. Hammer, but outside of the... Well, the temporary inconvenience, nothing serious happened. Temporary inconvenience? My dear Mr. Kent, the explosion of those nitrate ships would hardly have been called a temporary inconvenience. Well, hang it all, man. They didn't explode. By a freak of chance. But what of the money that was lost in the bank robbery? And what of the subway? Now, now look here, Mr. Hammer. What do you want me to say? I want the truth. It's my right as councilman to be informed of all civic matters. You are being informed, Blassett. I'm telling you as much as I can. Chief, as much as you can, eh? That means you're holding something back. 
Why don't you tell the whole story? You wouldn't believe Chief, it. Chief, please. You wouldn't believe that Captain Kidd, the pirate, caused the breakdown on the subway. You wouldn't believe that Jesse James robbed the Metropolis Bank or that Nero started the waterfront fire. Oh. Are you out of your mind, Mr. White? Nah, I told you you wouldn't believe it. I most certainly do not. And I can draw two conclusions. You're either mentally sick. What? Too sick to continue your office. What? Or you're hiding something and covering it up with idiotic fairy tales. No, just a minute, you... Thank you very much for the interview, Your Honor. I've enjoyed it immensely. It's been extremely... Now, come back here. Don't worry. I shall. You'll hear more from me later. Now, what does that fool think he's going to do? Plenty. Why did you have to open your mouth? No, I couldn't help it. Couldn't it help just it. came out, that's all. Oh, oh blasted. Does the whole world know I'm here? I wonder if it's... Oh! Oh, Henderson? Well, it's about time. Anything new? Did you get a line on... What? Oh, no, not again. What is it, Chief? General Hospital? Oh, all right, I'll, I'll be over in ten minutes. From now on, I'm going to handle this personally. What now? Those those ghosts again. What? This time, they attacked the truck. Come on, we're going over to talk to the driver. Now, now, just calm down, son, and tell us everything that happened. Yes, sir. Uh, as I understand it, you and your helper were driving in from Galesburg with a load of machinery. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh-huh. You saw someone on the road waving a flashlight, and you thought it was a motorist in trouble, so you decided to help him. That's right. And when you stopped, he was gone. And then what? We, we saw we saw Indians. What? Real, honest to goodness, Indians. Oh, this is incredible. Go on, please. They shot out of arrows at us. Bill got one in his arm, and all the time they were whooping and hollering. Coming closer and closer. It was awful. Then what happened? They dragged me out of the cab, and that's the last I knew until I woke up lying on the road with Bill next to me. The truck was gone. Do you remember anything else? Did you hear any of the, uh, the Indians say anything? Well, I was yelling and screaming so loud, I couldn't make out much what the... Wait a minute, I do remember something now. What was it? Something I used to yell myself when I was in the paratroops. Well? It was... It was Geronimo. Geronimo. The name registers quickly with Kenneth Mayor White. Geronimo, the infamous Indian chief, who more than a century ago waged a brutal and bloody war against the settlers of America. Another ghost risen from the dead. What is behind these strange and mysterious attacks? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. It is late the following morning, and in the state penitentiary far from Metropolis, two men are talking in the visitor's room, holding a conversation across a table separated by a low glass panel. One man is big and heavy set with thick lips and dark, beady eyes set in a beefy red face. He is dressed in the drab, shapeless uniform of a prisoner, and his soft, pudgy hands are clasped in front of him as his visitor speaks slow and quickly. It's really building up fast, boys. We're on the ball and rolling. The town's standing on its ear. That's sweet music, Turkey. Tell me more. Everything's going like clockwork, just the way you figured it. And the boys are ready to move in any time you send a word. The city's ripe. I told you they don't know from nothing. <laughs> Everybody's stunned, raising cane. Cops are running around in circles. Perry White's so mixed up, we don't know whether he's coming or going. <laughs> and everybody's down on them like a ton of bricks. We can move in just like that. Everything's squared away on the top. Yep, they're playing ball the way we want. Okay. Pass the word, Turkey. Open up. Hit my crumpless hard and make it stick. You bet, boss. When I get out, I want everything organized and rolling. It will be, don't worry. When you get out, you'll be Mr. Big again. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Big. I told them. I told them they couldn't. Keep Mike Hickey down. His eyes blazing with triumph, the one-time racketeer and political boss of Metropolis, the man Perry White sent to jail, anticipates his return to power. So Mike Hickey is behind the Ghost Brigade. But how can he control their operations from prison? And how will he obtain his release? 
gang will know the answer to some of these questions Monday. So be sure to tune in again on Monday, same time, same station, for episode five of The Ghost Brigade on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for your Superman adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. <laughs> It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Hey, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, tries to link two small pieces of wax to the strange activities of the Ghost Brigade as the city of Metropolis becomes a hotbed of suspicion and ugly rumor. I was stuck in the subway for two hours yesterday. Can't tell me it's just a breakdown. Seems to me those guys who robbed the Metropolis Bank got away awful easy. All that oil going up in smoke at the waterfront. That'll drop the price even higher. According to the Daily Blade, it's all Mayor White's fault. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they're right. Gang, the other day I had a dream to end all dreams. In my dream, I saw a famous columnist named Sidney Sniggledrass, Jr., who was rubbing a magic lamp, just like the one Aladdin had. And as he rubbed the lamp, a gigantic genie appeared suddenly in a puff of smoke. What is thy wish, master? The turban genie asked Sidney Sniggledrass, Jr. And Sniggledrass answered, It is my wish that all people who came to America from foreign countries, or whose parents or grandparents or great-grandparents came from foreign countries, be exiled to some distant spot. Either that or send them back to where they came from. And the genie said... I can grant thy wish, master, but there is a law in my land which says that whosoever is sent away from his country and is exiled shall be allowed to take with him whatever he has created by his own efforts. This is, I think, a just law, and if you abide by it, I can grant your desire. 
That's okay with me, Snicklegrass said. Whatever they'll take them will be good riddance. And the genie said, so be it, master. Then he muttered a few magic words and a miracle happened. That very instant, vast fleet of barges and boats sprang up. And into them flocked millions upon millions of Americans of foreign ancestry. And they took with them what they had created in America. And Sidney Snicklegrass, watching with glee, suddenly felt his blood run cold. For a terrible sight greeted his eyes. A little later, I'll tell you what it was. So, keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman. A clear, sun-washed morning, bright with the promise of a warm spring day, dawns over the troubled and restless city of Metropolis. The past 24 hours have seen three alarming events take place. The complete breakdown of the subway, the robbery of the Metropolis National Bank, and the fiery destruction of the city docks. And each apparently caused by the weird appearance of men long since dead. Men whose names have been scrawled in blood across the pages of history. Captain Kidd, the infamous pirate. Jesse James, the Wild West Desperado. Nero, the Emperor Tyrant of Rome. Now, early the following morning, we find Kent and Mayor White arriving at the scene of a fourth appearance by a member of the mysterious Ghost Brigade. The highway where a large trailer truck was attacked by a band of Indians led by Geronimo, the Indian chief responsible for bloody massacres more than a century ago. Here we are, Chief. Morning, officer. Morning. Is this the place where that truck was hijacked last night? That's right. Come on, Chief. I'm Clark Kent. This is Mayor Perry White. Oh, good morning, sir. Good morning. Inspector Henderson said we were coming, didn't he? Yes, sir. I'm to give you any information you need. Well, let's get on with it. I haven't even had my coffee yet. Exactly. Where did the truck stop, officer? Over here on the soft shoulder of the road. You, uh, you see these tire tracks? Uh-huh. And uh, where were the two men, the driver and his helper? We found them over there under that tree. Out cold. According to the driver's story, he was slugged in the cab, so his helper must have been carried over there. That's right. There's a good set of footprints in the dirt near the tree. Oh? Whoever made them was wearing slippers or moccasins. Uh, it's all right. Find anything else? Well, we haven't had a chance to look around thoroughly yet. Lieutenant Mason wanted to wait until daylight. He ought to be long any time now. Mind if we have a look around? No, not at all. Thanks. Come on, Chief. Well, look here, Kent. I'd be a lot happier if you'll tell me what we're doing here. We're looking for a piece of wax. Oh, well, why didn't you say so before? Uh, a what? A piece of wax. Oh, that's it. I'm going back to Metropolis. Of all the super... Now, wait, wait, a minute, wait a minute, Chief. Listen to me. I found a small piece of wax, black wax, at the Metropolis Bank. I found it on the floor at the spot where Jesse James was supposed to have been standing. Hmm. Then I searched the subway control office, and I found another piece of wax, red wax. But what's a piece of wax got to do with robbing a bank or stealing a truck? That I can't answer yet. It may be a clue. In fact, I'm sure it is. Wait a minute, what's that? Huh? Something red in this patch of grass. Hey, we're in luck. Wax? Yes, sir. And a pretty big piece, too. Here, look. Mmm, shaped like, like a feather. That's right, a feather from an Indian headdress. Now we're getting somewhere. Well, hang it all, I don't see how a piece of wax is going to help hey, us. Chief, this isn't ordinary wax. I had it analyzed at the police lab. It's the kind of wax they use in modeling. Life-size figures are made with it, like clothes or dummies. Are you trying to tell me that a bunch of wax dummies hijacked that truck? No, of course not. But this wax is a leak. Now we've got to trace it, find out where it comes from, if it means turning Metropolis upside down. <laughs> Turning abruptly, Kent strides back to the car, and Mayor White, shaking his head in bewilderment, follows behind him. Meanwhile, back in the city, the henchmen of Mike Hickey, former political boss of Metropolis, now in jail, swing into action, paving the way for his return. The small black coupe winds through the narrow streets of the crowded tenement district, and finally stops in front of a small candy store. The two occupants of the car sit for a moment and carefully survey the scene. Sure, this is the place, Takey. Yeah, it was a gold mine in the old days. 
Don't look so hot to me. Now, fight that school down the block. All the kids come to the store after they get out. Oh. Common sense now? Yeah, sure. But supposing that guy owns the store, won't play ball. Are you kidding? He'll play ball or else. Come on. Let me go to talk. Good morning. Morning. What can I do for you? Plenty. Don't you remember me, Pop? Why, Turkey Morgan. That's right. What do you want? We're setting up in business again, just like before. Oh, no, no. You only had one pinball machine in here last time. This time you take two. No, no, I won't. I won't have gambling machines in my store. You try to force me, well, uh, uh, I'll go to the police. Huh? Shut up. <laughs> You've got a short memory, Pop. Remember what happened last time you said no? What? You remember, all right. Well, the machines will be here in a couple of days. Take care of them. Come on, Joe. Some more calls to make. <laughs> But I, I don't need that kind of protection, Miss why, why should anyone want to damage a little tailor shop like this? You never can tell, Mr. Stein. You're new in this neighborhood. You don't know all the angles. Angles? I don't understand. Well, lots of accidents could happen, Mr. Stein. So you'd better take up our policy for your own protection. No. No, you're gangsters, racketeers. You can't force me to pay you money. Get out of my shop. You don't catch on, chum. Get out of my shop, I say. For God's sake, he's going to heave that iron at you. Okay, Stein, we're going, but we'll be back. Because I think you're going to change your mind. Come on, Joe. And when we do come back, protection will cost you double. Cash on the line. And so, guided by the warped, twisted brain of a man still in prison, organized crime moves into the city of Metropolis again. Will Perry White, the fighting mayor, be able to stop it? And now, back to... The Adventures of Superman. Returning to Metropolis, Kent and Mayor White drive straight to City Hall, where we find them now, preparing for an important press conference. Now, Kent, I hate to think of facing those wolves out there. They rip me apart. Oh, come on now, Chief. Since when are you afraid of newspaper reporters? You used to be one yourself. That's just it. I know what I'm up against. Remember one thing. Don't lose your temper. Laugh off the Daily Blade's charges and point to your past record. It's absolutely spotless. It's driven crime out of Metropolis, given the people clean government. Oh, you know what to say. But not a word about the Ghost Brigade. Well, you stay close and kill me if I go wrong. Okay. Hello? Who? Who? No, I'll tell him I can't see him now. I'm doing a press conference. Councilman Hammer wants to see me. Oh, what's he up to now? What? Oh, all right. Send him in, but I can only give him two minutes. This fight says, and I should see him before I speak to the press. All right. Might as well find out what he's up to. Come in. Good morning. Hello, Mr. Kent. Good morning, sir. Well, what is it, Hammer? I'm in a hurry. Of But I thought you'd better be informed before you speak to the gentlemen of the press. Informed? Informed about what? They already know about your fabulous villains. Captain Kidd, Nero, and Jesse Dickens. What? Did you tell them? Of course. Well, that saved you the trouble. You weren't thinking it was suppressing news, were you? Well, of course, Mr. White wasn't going to suppress it, Mr. Hammer, but the release of the information now may seriously hamper police investigation. I doubt that very much. All right, if that's all you have to tell me, you'll have to excuse me. Uh, now. I'm not quite finished, Your Well, Honor. speak up, speak up. Time is valuable. There was a special emergency meeting of the city council this morning. Well, why wasn't I informed? It was a closed meeting, Your Honor. And it was decided by a unanimous vote to conduct a full investigation of your administration. Hammer, you're going too far. And in addition, a special city election is to be called in the near future to elect a new mayor. Like a thunderbolt, Councilman Hammer's words explode in White's ears. And he turns to Kent, bewildered and momentarily helpless. 
But the reporter is also caught off guard and can only stare wordlessly at Hammer, whose thin lips are curled in a nasty smile. Now Perry White is caught between two forces. How can he fight them both? When will this parade of disaster end? Lois Lynch and young Jimmy Olsen take a hand tomorrow, gang. So don't fail to hear episode six of The Ghost Brigade on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with a using physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Clark Kent resumes his true identity of Superman in a valiant last-minute effort to stem the onrushing wave of crime threatening to engulf the city of Metropolis, as Lois Lane and young Jimmy Olsen make an astonishing discovery. I think we should have told Mr. Kent we were coming here, Miss Lane. Oh, nonsense, Jim. We figured this out by ourselves. Why should we let him in on it? Oh, I still don't think it's right. Oh, hush. Go on now. Hold the flashlight higher. I can't see. There. Is that better? Uh-huh. Oh, jeepers. Jimmy, what's the matter? Look. At the end of the hall, it, it's the ghost of Captain Kidd. <laughs> Hey, Rube, ever hear that gang? It's the shout that goes up in circuses and carnivals whenever there's trouble on the way. Like, for instance, when a fresh guy and a circus fan take a few pokes at each other on the fairway. Manager runs over to break it up. Soon the juggler starts to mix it up with the fresh guy, too. Then, suddenly, the magician spots the fight. He looks around, sees the situation brewing, and then shouts, Hey, Rube! That's all, brother. In a flash, the whole carnival has changed. From every booth and sideshow, the circus will come on the run. That cry is circus lingo for trouble. Come and help. And to circus people all over America, there's nothing more important than a hey rule. You see, gang, circus people know what it means to work as a team. And that's how they protect themselves from danger. For example, the aerialist who flies through the air must be caught by the other half of his team or die. That's how teamwork keeps circus folks alive. And that's why when any one of the circus people gets into trouble, everybody gets into the fight. As soon as the yell hey rule echoes over the sawdust, there's no holding them back. All for one and one for all. Well, gang, that's how all Americans should be. When a fellow American is treated unfairly for any reason, it's not enough to let him fight it out alone. His hey rude means trouble for everybody and should bring us all running, ready to get into the scrap and mix it up but good. Because in unity, there's strength. United, we can't be beaten. So let's stop the petty, intolerant bickering among ourselves and work together like a smooth-running team should. (laughs) 
And now, the adventures of Superman. In his office at City Hall, Mayor Perry White is holding an important press conference. Standing at his desk, he faces a battery of newspaper cameramen and reporters, defending himself against the vicious charges made by the Metropolis Daily Blade. Charges that he has been dishonest. Uh, you've all undoubtedly read the editorial on the front page of last night's Daily Blade. An editorial attacking this administration and me personally. Now, I've called this conference with you. But even as he speaks, Mayor White seems to sense an air of disbelief in the room. So I practice, I catch a few acts of polite mockery on the faces of the reporters as they take notes of the speech. Then, finally, he closes his remarks. Now, I tell you that the police are working very hard. And I promise you, as soon as I receive word of any new developments, I'll pass them on to you. Now, any questions? Yes, Your Honor. What about the ghosts of those old-time bad men you've been seeing? Captain Kidd and Jesse James. <laughs> Why, I, I didn't exactly see them myself. It was reported to me. How are the police going to catch them? Put salt on their tails? Yeah. Now, gentlemen, gentlemen, please, this is no laughing matter. Your Honor, are you aware of the fact that Councilman Hammer has been appointed to conduct the full investigation? Why, uh, no, I, I'm not officially aware. He's oh. promised to turn the administration upside down. Which will probably make him a candidate for mayor at the special election. How are you going to stop him, Your Honor? By digging up a few more ghosts, maybe? <laughs> this administration will be a ghost by the time Hammer gets it. As the reporters hurl of questions at him, Perry White tries to answer clearly and logically, but it's hopeless, and he realizes the conference has been a dismal failure. Councilman Hammer has done his work well. Now all the other papers of Metropolis are siding with the Daily Blade. An hour later, he is slumped in his familiar battered chair at his editorial office in the Daily Planet, completely dejected. Lois Lane and Jimmy stand by anxiously. I've never put in a half hour of such torture in my life. It was terrible. They all had their lives out and they cut me to ribbons. I'm sorry, Chief. Why did they do it? They used to like you. They always treated you fair and square. That mealy-mouthed, bucket-nosed hammer is a good salesman, apparently. He spoke to them before I did and told them everything I was going to say. Only twisted things around to suit his purpose. Who is this man, Hammer, Chief? I haven't heard anything about him before. He was appointed a couple of months ago to fill John Miles' place. Oh, well, how are you going to fight him? Well, there's only one way I can fight him, Lois. By breaking this up, this ghost brigade. No leads on that yet, Chief? No, Henderson and the police report no progress, but Kent's working on an angle. Clark? Gosh, what's the angle? He found some wax at the Metropolis Bank after it was held up. And he found another piece in the subway traffic control office after the system broke down. What did he expect to prove with pieces of wax? He's way off base. That's what I thought. But then we found another piece of wax this morning at the spot where that truck was hijacked last night. No kidding. It was red and shaped like the tip of a feather. And lizards... Indians, just like the driver said. Oh, rubbish, Jim. Indians don't wear wax feathers. Well, that's the puzzling part of it, Lois. Kent's trying to find out where the wax came from. It's not the usual kind. The police laboratory analyzed it and reported that it's the stuff that's used in making life-size figures, like, uh, like clothing dummies. Wax figures, hmm? Life-size figures? I wonder. You wonder what? Huh? Oh, nothing, Chief, nothing. Come on, Jim. Well, we're too... Don't ask questions, just come with me. But now, I... wait a minute, where do you think you're going? We do Clark Kent's job for him. I know where those pieces of wax come from. <laughs> Meanwhile, across town, Superman, still in his guise of Clark Kent, has just made the tenth stop in a long and weary search for the telltale wax and received the tenth discouraging reply. Uh, looks as if you're chasing up a blind alley, Kent, old boy. Ten misses so far and a promise of more to come. Uh, well, I'll keep on with it, I guess. Let's see who's next on the list. Great Scott, what was that? Startled, Kent looks up the street in time to see a puff of smoke billow out of a small tailor shop, spraying broken bits of glass and splintered wood out across the sidewalk. As people on the street quickly converge on the wrecked store, Kent notices a small coupe parked across the street suddenly start up and roar away. That looks like trouble. Man-made. 
Here, this doorway's pretty deep. Nobody's paying attention, so off with these clothes. And we'll let Superman find out what's going on. There we are. Up and away! One bound, Superman reaches the middle of the street and catching a fleeting glimpse of the coupe rounding a turn two blocks away, streaks after it like the wind. But as he rockets past the wrecked tailor shop, he glances inside and with his X-ray vision sees something that makes him turn sharply in midair. Look, Rex Scott, that old man. He's pinned to the floor by that crossbeam. Those people will never be able to lift it in time. Down to him. Down! There, that'll do it. Now let's see how badly he's hurt. Somebody call an ambulance. Right, they can't force me to. Easy, easy, don't talk. Hey, what's going on here? What happened? Who are you? Miller of the Daily Plate. I was just passing by and I saw the crowd. Stop them. They're criminals. What's he talking about? What criminals? Leave them alone. He's too weak to talk. Gangsters wanted me to buy protection. They threw a bomb in my store. A bomb? Oh, murder. The old protection racket. Now, wait a minute. Oh, Mayor White thought he cleaned up this town, did he? Ha, ha. Wait till my paper gets a hold of this. As the blade reporter hurries out of the bomb-wrecked tailor shop, Superman, holding the elderly tailor gently, feels a cold chill run up and down his spine. This is a damaging blow to Perry White's reputation. So far, his only defense against his critics. And Superman has waited too long. The men who committed this outrage are now too far away for successful pursuit. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Pursuing a lead of her own, Lois Lane, accompanied by Jimmy Olsen, has reached Metropolis Amusement Park, still closed and boarded up. Finding an open gate, they make their way through the deserted grounds into a flimsy two-story structure with a sign painted across the front of it. A sign that reads, Wax Museum. You think this is where those pieces of wax came from, Miss Lane? I wouldn't be one bit surprised, Jim. Let's try to get inside. You think we ought to? By ourselves? Well, nobody's going to hurt us. Try the door. It's locked. I've got a skeleton key. Here. I don't like the idea of this. Oh, nonsense. Use the key. We're not going to hurt anything inside. Did you bring a flashlight? Yes. It's fine. Now close the door behind you. Maybe we better leave it open. No, no. Close it. Now, Jim, walk straight ahead. Hold the light higher. There. Is that better? Yep. Jeepers. Jimmy, what's the matter? Look. Down there. Captain Kidd. What? Oh. You gave me a fright. It's only a whack model. Come on, let's look at him. Gosh, he sure looks real. There's a model of Nero, the Roman emperor. Uh-huh. And here's Jesse James. And this Indian next to Captain Kidd. He must be Geronimo. Jeepers. All the ghosts that have been showing up around town. Don't be silly. These are just wax statues. Yeah, but there's still something funny about it. Jimmy. Huh? What's the matter? The Indian's headdress. One of the feathers is broken off. Golly. And Mr. Kent found the wax tip. And here, the piece broken off Captain Kidd's sash. Look at Jesse James. A piece of his black boot is gone. <gasps> Jimmy. Then it's true. They, these wax people can move. They, they must... Flashlight flickers wildly over the wax images. As Lois Lane turns pale, Jimmy catches his breath as he notices a peculiar gleam of evil shining out of the eyes of that bloodthirsty snake, Captain Kidd. Something is wrong. Wax statues can't come to life, or can they? Gang, be sure to listen tomorrow, same time, same station. There's action and plenty of mystery in Chapter 7 of The Ghost Brigade on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. 
Watch for the Superman adventure serials soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. <laughs> It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman in his guise of Clark Kent pursues a seemingly futile investigation of the mysterious pieces of wax he hopes will enable him to track down the Ghost Brigade as the editor of the Daily Blade receives fresh ammunition for his paper's vicious attack on Mayor Perry White. It was just one of those lucky breaks, boss. I passed the tailor shop just after it blew up, and when I walked in, I saw the old codger who owned it lying on the floor, hurt pretty bad. But he kept moaning about protection and gangsters and a bomb. Oh, somebody trying to stir up the old protection racket again, huh? Yeah, but do you get the angle, boss? Perry White's been screaming that he cleaned up the city, that he broke up all the rackets. Of course, it's perfect. <laughs> White's over a barrel now. This'll roll that barrel right out of City Hall. So he said, so she said, so they said, so we said. Yada day, yada day, yada. Some people keep talking, they never stop talking. People like that should be shot. The things that they say never come to an end. They don't stop for breath or for thought. They repeat just like records again and again the tidbits of gossip they've caught. They never will think, is it true what I say? Is it something I ought to repeat? Instead, they'll just giggle and whisper to you, Have you heard? Johnny Jones is a chief. Well, these jerks pick up everything nasty they hear. They never say somebody swell. But, brother, if one you do something wrong, you can bang on These guys will tell. They came up with some of the strangest remarks. They must have the brains of a pigeon. You should hear the ridiculous things that they say about other folks' race or religion. We know that the way that we worship our God doesn't make any difference down deep. That a regular Joe is a regular Joe. And a creep, well, he's still just a creep. But facts never stop dope from babbling on. The truth might not have as much zip. They'd much rather sell you some nice, juicy lies. Stay away from this bunch. Take our tip. For you can be sure as can possibly be that your name is somewhere on their list. That they have gossip to tell about you. There's no chance you're going to be missed. So never be sucker enough to believe the gossip of yada de They never know anything you'll want to hear. And nothing they say really matters. And now, the adventures of Superman. Yesterday, after a disastrous press conference where reporters from all metropolis newspapers hooted down his defense against the Daily Blade's editorial attack and laughed at his story of the mysterious ghost brigade, Mayor Perry White became fully aware of the danger he and his administration faced when he learned that the city council had declared a special election in the near future to elect a new mayor. On the other hand, Metropolis had suddenly become the scene of a strange series of disasters, and at each successive calamity, a weird ghost-like visitor out of the past appeared. Captain Kidd, Nero, Jesse James, and Geronimo, infamous members of the Ghost Brigade. 
In his guise of Clark Kent, mild-mannered newspaper reporter, Superman immediately plunged into the task of tracking down the Ghost Brigade. His only clue, the strange pieces of wax found at the scene of each disaster, seeming to lead nowhere. But Lois Lane and young Jimmy Olsen seem to have discovered where they lead, to a dingy two-story frame building, housed in the Wax Museum at the Metropolis Amusement Park, where we join them now. The beam of their flashlight casting weird shadows around the wax statues with an amazingly lifelike attitudes. Finally, they reach one room containing replicas of infamous men and women of history. Now, let's see, Jim. Clark said he found pieces of wax wherever anything happened, and these figures are made of wax. I... Oh, golly. What is it, Jim? Hold your flashlight higher, Miss Lane. Point it at the top of the Indian's head. Right there, see? Good heavens. One of the feathers is broken. Yeah. A red feather. The tip is gone. And Mr. Kent found the tip of a feather out on the road where that truck was hijacked by Indians. Let's check the others. Miss Lane, I think we'd better get out of here. Nonsense. There's nothing to be scared of. Wax statues can't come to life, you know. I wish I wish I was as sure of that as you are. Yes, silly. Feel the statue. Go on and touch it. Go on, Jim. It won't bite you. All right, all right. Stop pushing me. Well, there. Now, how can you possibly believe a cold, hard lump of wax can move or, or come to life? I, I don't believe it, Miss Lane, but... I don't know what else to believe either. Come on. Let's look around, Jim. Maybe we'll find something. Hey, don't go away with that light. Oh, Jimmy, you're being absolutely childish. The statues won't hurt you, and there's nobody else in the building. Well, I'm not taking any chances. As Lois and Jimmy slowly make their way through the dank, dismal rooms, two shadowy figures step out of the concealment of the doorway and stand near one of the wet statues, watching them. What do you think, Tahir? I don't know. I've seen the dame someplace before. What are they doing here? Checking up, didn't you hear him? We better do something about it, huh? Lane. Lane. Lois Lane. Well, she's a reporter on Perry White's rag of planet. I remember her all right. She and that guy Kent did a lot to send the boss up the river. Uh-oh. Maybe she's wise. She couldn't be. But remind me to tell the boss. They want to do something about it. And meanwhile, downtown in Perry White's office at City Hall, Clark Kent is reporting what occurred at the wrecked tailor shop, destroyed by a gangster's bomb. It was pathetic, Chief. Poor old man had apparently refused to pay those thugs protection money, so they tossed a bomb into his shop. Mm, same old racket, eh? Yes, but that isn't the worst of it. By some freak of bad luck, a reporter from the Daily Blade happened to be passing by. He heard the old man muttering about it in his delirium, and... Well, you can guess the rest. Sure, sure, it'll be spread all over the next edition of the Blade. Right. I can see the headlines now. Crime rampant in Metropolis as Mayor White claims rackets are broken. Wait till Councilman Hammer gets hold of it. It's going to be a perfect springboard for his investigation. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it now. Just hope and pray that Inspector Henderson and the police uncover something. Or maybe Lois and Jimmy are on the right track. Lois and Jimmy? Yes, they've gone to the amusement park. The amusement park? Uh-huh. It hasn't opened yet. I know, but Lois has an idea that that's where those pieces of wax came from. But what in... The wax museum at the amusement park, of course! See you later, Chief. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, where are you going? Find Lois and Jim before they get into trouble. How long are we going to hang around in here, Miss Lane? This joint has given me the creeps. I'm looking for clues, Jim. What clues? Well, I don't know. Anything. Hey, what's that? Oh, Jimmy, stop imagining things. I tell you, I heard something. Lois! Jimmy! Oh, my gosh. Where are you? Why, why that's Clark's voice. Mr. Kent? Oh, boy, what a relief. Now, why did he have to come here? Yeah. Oh, answer me. Where are you? Over here, Mr. Kent. Where? Oh, thank goodness. You all right? Of course we're all right. What are you doing here anyway? Well, the chief told me you came up here. I was worried. That I'd beat you out of a story? Well, no. No, yeah. I just didn't want you to get into any trouble, that's all. Well, this is quite a layout. 
Listen, kid. Nero. Look, Mr. Ken, look what we found. What? Here, look at your animal. And Jesse Jane. We found where those pieces of wax came from, Smarty, and you were running all over town. Oh, very interesting. It's awful spooky, if you ask me. Are there pieces missing from all of them? That's right, matching the three you found. Oh? Hey, what happened here? Huh? One statue is missing. Where? Here. This, this pedestal is empty. Cheaper. I didn't see that before. Of course not. The statue was there before. You sure, Lois? Well, I'm positive. Whose statue was it, Mr. Kent? Why, I don't know. Isn't there a, a sign or, or a label? Oh, nothing. Oh, gosh. Then that means... That means one of the ghosts is loose in the city. His eyes wide with horror, Jimmy stares at the empty pedestal, while Lois and Kent found their worry and bewilderment. Whose statue is missing? And now... Back to the adventures of Superman. It's the dinner hour in Metropolis. Hundreds of restaurants and cafeterias in the city are crowded with people. In one popular restaurant, an elderly couple are just finishing their dessert. When suddenly the man trembles violently and drops his spoon. Oh, why, Henry? Henry, what is it? You're pale as a ghost. I don't know, Mother. I, I feel sick. Oh, my dear. Waiter? Waiter? But then across the couch dining room, another patron suddenly turns white. Clutching at his stomach, crumples over the table. The waiter, a tree piled high with dishes, stops in mid-stride, sways, and keels over in a dead faint. The entire dining room becomes a scene of pandemonium. Kent, this is terrible. The whole restaurant full of people, and more than half of them are suddenly deathly ill. You better get the commissioner of health on the job. Oh, I've already called him. I don't think he'll find anything wrong with the restaurant. It's one of the best places in town. Has a spotless reputation. Well, then what in hell? Well, Henderson said that one of the cooks saw a woman in the kitchen just before six. A woman dressed in a strange costume. Great Scott, I wonder... Look, I'll call you later, Chief. Hey, what's the idea? What are you up to now? I'm going to check on a whack statue. See you later. See now, the statues Lois and Jim found were in this room. Oh, yes, yes. There's Captain Kidd and Jesse James and... Great Scott! Laying his flashlight around the room, Kent suddenly stops as the beam illuminates a pedestal that not three hours before had been empty. Now it holds the statue of a woman dressed in a billowing, full-skirted costume of the 15th century. And a small white placard at her feet identifies her as... Lucretia Borgia. Lucretia Borgia. The notorious Italian noblewoman of the 15th century who cold-bloodedly eliminated her enemies by poison. The Ghost Brigade has struck again. Gang, there's a thrill a minute in tomorrow's episode, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 8 of The Ghost Brigade on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!
thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, continues his desperate effort to solve the mystery of the Ghost Brigade, race-like creatures out of the dim and distant past, who strike again and again, causing fear and panic to sweep the city of Metropolis. I thought Mayor White was pulling a fast one, blaming everything on ghosts. But by gosh, it's true. Yeah, well, why don't the mayor do something about it? He'd better, or by golly, we'll get a new mayor. Three hundred twenty-two years ago, gang, a fellow named Peter Minuet was doing some trading with the American Indians. He was swapping beads for corn and money for blankets when the Indians, a little short on cash, offered to throw an island of theirs called Manhattan into the deal in return for twenty-four dollars. Peter Minuet consulted with his friends to make sure he wasn't overpaying, and finally agreed to buy Manhattan. But he never dreamt that the property, the little island, would someday grow into one of the greatest cities in the world, with monumental skyscrapers, subways, and stores that cover the once grassy meadows and green hills, and that the empty fields would one day house millions of people and become headquarters for the United Nations. How could he know that what he had bought for $24 would develop into the tremendous metropolis of New York City? and that it would be the result of many people working side by side, all kinds of people. Yes, New York City, as we know it today, is the result of the work of the Dutch, who first settled here, of the English and French, who came not much later, of the Protestants, Catholics, and Jews, who had fled to the New World to escape religious persecution. It was the work of the African Negroes, who came in slavery, but remained to build freedom. Millions and millions of people from the four corners of the world, of all colors and religions and nationalities, who came to Peter Minuit's little island, they gave it their labor, their ideas, and their devotion. And they created a miracle. Yes, gang, all those people working together transformed a grassy little island into New York City, capital of the world. And now, the adventures of Superman. For almost a week now, the city of Metropolis has seemingly been haunted by the ghosts of villains long dead. First, the bloodthirsty pirate, Captain Kidd. Then Nero, the emperor tyrant of ancient Rome. Then Geronimo, the infamous Indian chief. And now, last but not least, Lucrezia Borgia, the Italian noblewoman of the 15th century, whose specialty was murder by poison. And with each mysterious appearance of these villains risen from the dead, a catastrophe has struck Metropolis. But Superman now has a clue to the origin of the ghost brigade. 
find him in his guise of Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter, at the Wax Museum on the grounds of the deserted Metropolis Amusement Park. The two-story frame structure is dark and lonely, and as Kent moves silently through the dusty rooms filled with wax statues of famous people posed in amazingly lifelike attitudes, he pauses at a pedestal that had been empty at his previous visit. Now it is reoccupied by the wax figure of a woman who left her deadly mark on the pages of history, Lucrezia Borgia, the poison murderess. So, back, eh? Back on your pedestal. Earlier today, 50 people in a restaurant took sick because of poisoned food, and you were seen wandering around the kitchen. But that's impossible. You're made of wax. You don't live and breathe. <laughs> what? That's what you think. Who said that? I did. And I know. Oh, I didn't see you behind me. Kind of sneaked up on me, didn't I? Well, yes, you did. Who are you? <laughs> Never mind who I am. Who are you? And what are you doing here? Uh, I'm, I'm a newspaper reporter. You must be the watchman. Yes, sir. <laughs> I take care of all these folks up here. Take care of them real good, I do. <laughs> sure you do. They look fine. You know, I'll wager you could help me. As I said, I'm a newspaper reporter. I'm looking for a story. Oh, a story, eh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Story in the papers? That's right. We uh, might even use your picture. My picture, eh? Uh-huh. <laughs> you see, what I want for my story is some information about these wax statues. I'd like Just to find... Just a minute there, son. If you want to write a good story, don't you call them statues. What? They're folks. Same as you and me. Man who made them breathe life into them. Oh, you're not serious. Now, you listen. Many the nights I've heard them talking right here in this room. You have? Yes. And I heard them get off these here stands... Walk clear out of the building. Well, how could they? The door was locked, wasn't it? Mm. Two locks and doors, stop posts. Oh. Well, now, tell me, did you ever come up here when they were talking or, or moving around? Yep. Once I come up to find Captain Kidd had gone away. And then, when there was Jesse James, they go away. But they always come back. Did you ever actually see them move? Last night it was. Everything was quiet. And all of a sudden, I heard one of them moving. I ducked out into the hall real quiet. And I saw this one here. The Indian? Geronimo? Yep. Saw him walk out. And then this morning, he was back again. You don't believe me, huh? Well, all I can tell you is that I've been living with these folks ten years. And I know them better than anyone. I say they ain't just wax statues. I say they got life in them. It was enough to make your flesh crawl, Chief. Standing there in that dim, musty room, surrounded by wax figures, and that poor, cackling old man telling me they had life in them. Well, maybe they have. I'm ready to believe anything now. Oh, blast that phone has been ringing all day. Yes, now what? Who? No, no, I can't see him. I'm busy. Come on, tied up. If it's with... Councilman Hammer, you'd better see him, Chief. What? Be smart, Chief. Huh? Oh, all right. All right, send him in. Politics. Why did I ever get into it? Why? Now, now, calm down. Don't let Hammer know you're on edge. I am sorry to interrupt, Your Honor. Oh, come in, come in. Close the door. Thank you. As I said, Your Honor, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have some important matters to discuss with you privately, if Mr. Kent doesn't mind. Oh, not at all. See you later, Chief. Stay right where you are, Kent. What? In case you don't know it, Hammer, Mr. Kent is not only one of my reporters, but a close personal friend. Anything you have to say to me can be said in front of him. Very well, sir. Then I shall proceed. Go on. I'm listening. Your Honor, as you are well aware, for almost a week now, the city of Metropolis has been subjected to a reign of terror. Oh, now that's a little strong, don't you think, Mr. Hammer? There have been a few unfortunate accidents, but that's all. Oh, that's all, is it? You call ghost haunting the city an accident? You call... Just a moment. What about the invasion of Metropolis by gangsters and racketeers? 
The tailor shop that was blown up this morning because the proprietor refused to pay for protection. You call that an accident? You who supposedly drove the rackets out of the city? I did them out. I put my keggy behind bars. I cleaned up the metropolis from stem to stern. Unfortunately, sir, it's dirty again. Extremely dirty. And I've come to tell you, as the chairman of the Special Investigating Committee of the City Council, I am about to recommend that you be impeached, removed from office, and the new mayor elected unless... Why, you low Just down. a minute, Chief. Just a minute. Unless what, Mr. Hammer? Unless Mr. White agrees to appoint me his deputy mayor with full powers to act in the event, let us say, he should leave the city for a vacation. What? If I am so appointed, I will report to the city council that my investigation has completely exonerated his mayor. Well, Chair Hammer, what are you trying to do? Make a deal with me? I suppose you might call it that. Well, you know what I call it? The slimiest piece of political skullduggery I've ever heard of. And unless you'd like your nose pushed into the back of your head, I'd advise you to get out of this office and stay out! You lay a hand on me, don't you dare! Get out, I said, get out! I'm getting out, but only temporarily. I'll be back, Mr. White, as the new mayor of Metropolis. As for you, you cooked your goose. Go through, you're finished! You're dead! No, Mr. White, you're not finished. Not by a long shot. The real battle hasn't even begun. And now, back to the adventures of Superman! It is early the following morning, and in the state penitentiary, Mike Hickey, former racketeer and political boss of Metropolis, to jail by Perry White, receives a familiar visitor, his henchman, Turkey Morgan. There is a self-satisfied smirk on Hickey's bloated face, and his beady eyes gleam triumphantly as Turkey whispers across the table, separating them. Everything's working out fine, boss. We started moving in yesterday, and we're getting results already. Good. What about Perry White? He's doing tailspin. He came out in the paper saying he cleaned up the city. And right after that, we started cutting up a few touches. <laughs> he must be purple by now. <laughs> Wish I could see it. You will, boss. How about the other angles? Our pals, the ghosts. <laughs> They're doing fine, but... Except, uh... Except what? Well, yesterday we saw that thing from the Daily Planet, the reporter, in the Wax Museum. Same reporter? You mean Lois Lane? Yeah. There was a young squirrel with it. They were snooping around. But like I said, I uh, don't know how close they are. If they were in the wax museum, they're too close, Turkey. Get rid of them. For keeps? Yes, for keeps. That lane girl has seen me up here. Seeing that other reporter, Kent. Now I want you to get them both if you can. Get them and shut them up for good. Mike Hickey has issued a deadly order. Turkey Morgan nods obediently. Even in prison behind bars, Hickey is a power to appear. And now his murderous venom is aimed at Lois and Jimmy. Gang, tomorrow Superman finds himself in an utterly hopeless position. So don't miss it. Be sure to listen, same time, same station, for episode nine of The Ghost Brigade on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. 
from the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! <laughs> Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman prepares for a final showdown with the mysterious Ghost Brigade, and meets one of its villainous members face to face. In his guise of Clark Kent, he informs Perry White. Now, look, I'm all through fooling around, Chief. I'm convinced the whole business is a well-organized attempt to discredit you and get you out of office. The activities of that ghost brigade, Councilman Hammer's investigation, and the return of racketeering to this city are all tied in somehow. It's just a vicious smear campaign, and there's only one way to stop it. I know that way, and I'm going to do it. Gang, all of us want to be popular with our friends. We want to be looked up to and admired. That's only natural. But it takes certain special qualities to make a person popular. You have to have the knack of getting along with all kinds of people. It doesn't take any magic formula to do that. It takes only a real interest in other boys and girls. When you say, hi, kid, what's new? Show that you really want to know what's new. Don't just say an empty phrase. Then listen carefully to what your friend has to tell you. Show that you really care about what's been happening to him. And here's another tip. You'll find that a popular boy or girl is never a fair-weather friend. He's never buddy-buddy with you when things are going your way, but out of sight when you're in a jam. He's always a good pal, a real friend. He's around when you need him, when the going gets tough, and he'll stick by you through thick and thin. Believe me, gang, true friends aren't soon forgotten. And finally, remember that popular boys and girls pick their close friends wisely. Their best pals are only the finest kids in the neighborhood. That's a proof that their friendship stands for something and isn't given lightly. They're on good terms with everyone, but their real buddies are tried and true boys and girls who rate with them because they are regular guys. Their skin color or religion or who their parents may be never enters into the question of friendship. Well, gang, those are a few suggestions for you to mull over in your mind. It's not some magic formula that gives a boy or girl lots of friends. It's just being a good friend in return. And now, the adventures of Superman. The mysterious appearances of villains long dead. The bloodthirsty pirate Captain Kidd. Western desperado Jesse James. Nero, Emperor Tyrant of Rome and others have thrown the city of Metropolis into a state of panic. 
Added to that, racketeers have once more invaded the city, and an attempt is being made to remove Perry White from the office of mayor. But now Superman in his guise of Clark Kent is determined to put an end to the reign of terror. Certain that the three odd pieces of wax he found at the scenes of the catastrophes created by the ghostly villains will lead him to whoever is responsible, he is making his third visit to the Wax Museum on the deserted grounds of the Metropolis Amusement Park. But this time, he is not alone. A strange, elf-like little man with a carefully trimmed Van Dyke beard and bright, twinkling eyes is with him. Are these the wax figures you made for the museum, Mr. Brabo? It is hard to tell in such bad light, Mr. Kent. I'm sorry, but the power's been shut off. Well, let me see now. Uh, we oui. this one of a certainty I made. That's just James, the old-time Western bandit. So I believe. All right, now tell me. This piece of wax I hold here in my hand, would you say it broke off the wax boot of the Jesse James figure? Uh, may I have this small piece, monsieur? Oh, yes, of course. Merci. Now we shall make the comparison. We of a certainty. It is the same wax, and it is a perfect fit. Fine. Now let's check another one. I think Captain Kidd is... Great Scott! Something is wrong, monsieur? That empty pedestal. There's no wax figure on it. But why do you excite yourself so, Monsieur Ken? A wax figure is missing from the pedestal. It is not a catastrophe. It might very well be a catastrophe. I'm afraid I'll have to leave you, Mr. Brabant. There's something important I must do. Oh, but, Monsieur, you asked me to come here with yes, you. Yes, yes, I know, but that empty pedestal has me worried. That's been the pattern for the past week, you see. A wax figure disappears from this museum, and a few hours later, something terrible happens. Monsieur, surely these things cannot be blamed on a wax figure. I don't know what to blame them on. All I can tell you is that they happened. I've got to go now. I'll call you at your shop. Oh, one moment, Monsieur. Tell me just this. Yes. Why are you so concerned about the figure that is missing now? I'll tell you why. Because it's the figure of one of the most dangerous murderers of history. A man who roamed the streets of London almost a century ago and took the lives of a hundred innocent people. It's the wax figure of Jack the Ripper. Oh, you're crazy, Kent. You're a stark raving man. Now look, Inspector, you've got to believe me. It's been the pattern all along. And now Jack the Ripper is loose on the streets of Metropolis. And, uh, what do you want me to do? Send out a general alarm. Alert all patrol cars. Get every man on the force out in the street. Yeah? What are they supposed to look for? A wax dummy? Well, no. Well, can I have time for a gag? Listen, this isn't a gag. Believe me. No, then what is it? For a week I've been chasing ghosts. And now you want me to chase the wax dummy. The ghost is the dummy. Oh, stop it. Stop now, it. Now, look at me. Can will you leave me alone? I haven't slept for a week. I'm a wreck. You won't sleep for a lot of weeks if any blood is spilled. It's getting dark and he works in darkness. Who does? Jack the Ripper. Are you kidding? He's been dead for a hundred years. I know, but he'll be on the streets of Metropolis tonight. Remember, Inspector, I warned you. It's ridiculous, Clark. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right, now, Lois, listen to me. J -j just listen to me. Oh, all right, go ahead. Right from the beginning. The pattern has been exactly the same. Well, Every time one of the so-called ghosts appeared, either in the subway or on the city dock or in that restaurant... The wax figure of that particular person was missing from the museum. Who told you that? The watchman at the museum. Oh, now, wait a minute. Now, you yourself said that he was a little wacky. I didn't say wacky. I said queer. What's that got to do with it anyway? He saw the figures walk out. He saw the wax figures walk out? Yes. And you believe that? Look, Lois, all I know all is... All I know is I'm going home, and I suggest that you take a nice cold shower and go to bed. Oh, where's the chief? The city hall... Now, look, don't bother him with this crazy idea of yours, Clark. He's got enough trouble. Well, he'll have more trouble before the night's over. Take my word for it. I'm going over to see him. Maybe he'll listen. Do you want us to believe, Kent, that a wax dummy of Jack the Ripper is walking the streets of Metropolis? No, of course not, Chief. Why can't I make it clear to you and Lois and Henderson that I don't believe in ghosts? I don't believe wax figures can get up and walk. All I'm talking about is the pattern, the pattern. What pattern? The pattern of everything that's happened. Oh, now look, Chief. 
When the so-called ghost of Captain Kidd appeared in the subway, his wax figure was missing from its pistol at the museum. When Nero appeared at the oil fire, his figure was missing. The same with Jesse James, Geronimo, and Lucretia Borgia. Now, is that clear? Don't treat me like a child, Kent. I can understand English. All right. Then get this. The pattern of all these accidents have been the same. A wax figure is missing from the museum, and the next thing we know, a catastrophe occurs. And each catastrophe has something to do with a long-dead villain or villainous whose wax figure is missing. Follow me? Yes. Yes, I do. All right. And now the, the wax figure of Jack the Ripper is... Oh, no. No, Kent. Oh, nothing like that can happen in this day and age. The police... Anderson so... laughed at me. The police aren't taking any precautions. It's dark now, and somewhere on the streets of Metropolis, a cloaked figure is about to stalk his human prey. Don't say things like that. Don't I have enough trouble without you? I'll take it. No, it's probably for me. All right. Hurry away, speaking. Huh? Oh, it's you, Henderson. Now, look. Kent's here in my office, and he's been telling me that... What? What? Well, say that again. Good heavens. What is it, Chief? Kent, you were right. You mean Jack the Ripper is loose on the streets of Metropolis. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Quick, Chief. What did Henderson say? Oh, Kent, it's terrible. Why didn't he listen to you? Never mind that now. What did he say? A policeman spotted a man in a long, dark cloak and a wide brim black hat sneaking down 9th Street in the shadow of a, of a building. Uh-oh. Uh, the, co- the cop approached him and asked him what he was doing. Yes. The man in the cloak tried to get away, but the, but the cop grabbed him and told him he was under arrest. That's when it happened. What happened? The man pulled a long knife and said... Yes? He said, nobody arrests Jack the Ripper. Then he slashed at the cop with the knife. Fortunately, the cop ducked and the knife missed him. But he lost his balance and fell. And by the time he got to his feet, the man in the cloak was gone. Well, that dust. There's only one thing to do now, and even that may be too late. What, Kent? What? What can we do? You pray and keep your fingers crossed. I'm going out to find Jack the Ripper. Leaving City Hall, Clark Kent ducks into a dark alley. And in a moment, his somber gray business suit has given way to the brilliant blue and red costume of Superman. I don't see how I can possibly cover the whole city street by street in time to catch him before he strikes. But I'm going to try. Up! Up! And away! Rocketing up into the now darkened heavens, the fabulous Man of Steel, his red cape streaming in the wind, levels off 500 feet above the city. Thousands of streets and each one a possibility. This is a job that may even be too much for Superman. Away! Meanwhile, in the north section of the city, Lois Lane is on her way home from the office. Turning a corner, she enters the street at the end of which is located her apartment building. For some strange reason, the street is dark. The street lights are out. Unconsciously, she quickens her step and pulls her coat tighter around her as though to ward off the unusual darkness. Then, suddenly, unseen by Lois, a figure in a long cloak and a wide-brimmed black hat steps out of a doorway and follows her, moving silently as a cat. Somewhere above the city, Superman is desperately seeking the very man who, at this tense moment, is dogging Lois Lane's hurried footsteps down a dark street. Will he reach that street in time? Gang, whatever you do, don't miss Monday's episode of Ghost Brigade. Something strange and startling happens as the Man of Steel solves the mystery and brings the story to an exciting climax. So be sure to tune in again on Monday, same time, same station, for the final chapter of the Ghost Brigade on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine. And is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. 
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, panic and terror engulf the city of Metropolis, as the Ghost Brigade threatens to strike again. As Superman and the Metropolis Police frantically search the length and breadth of the city for what is seemingly the ghost of Jack the Ripper, Lois Lane saunters down a darkened side street on her way home, unaware of a gaunt figure wrapped in an old-fashioned English cape and wearing a wide-brimmed black hat dogging her footsteps. Halfway down the block, the girl reporter pauses momentarily, peering through the inky blackness. Now, why in the world are the streetlights out? <laughs> be silly if I couldn't even find my own house. Then, as she takes a tentative step forward, she is suddenly conscious of someone moving behind her. A heavy footfall, then another and another, approaching in deliberate rhythm. With a gasp of sudden instinctive fear, Lois spins around, but her wildly searching eyes can see nothing. This blind, choking panic wells up within her, the smothering blanket of darkness seems to whirl her away into another world. A world that echoes with the sound of approaching doom. Gang Up just saw a movie that I think is terrific. It's got punch, excitement, and a new idea I know you'll go for. The name of this film is Make Way for Youth. And it's all about kids just like you. Not fake make-believe characters, but honest-to-goodness fellows and girls who ring true in everything they say and do. What's more, the acting isn't done by professional actors, but by high school boys and girls from Madison, Wisconsin. And what a job they do. Melvin Douglas is the narrator of Make Way for Youth, and the story he tells packs a smashing wallop. It begins with a fight between a bunch of high school kids that rocked a town back on its heels. Now, I don't want to give the whole plot away, so I'll just tell you a little bit about what happens. Because of that fight, the kids of the town get together in a youth council. All the different clubs of boys and girls in the town send delegates to a general meeting where they get together and discuss plans for big doings in which all the clubs are to take part. And you'd be surprised how many groups belong to youth councils all over the country. There's the Boy Scouts, the YMCA, the WCA, the YMHA, the 4-H clubs, the Campfire Girls, and plenty more besides. The movie Make Way for Youth shows how a typical youth council works and some of the things it can and does do. If you haven't been lucky enough to see this wonderful picture yet, ask your school or the neighborhood Y, your 4-H club, Boy Scout troop, or whatever organization you belong to, to arrange a showing of Make Way for Youth. Arrange for all the kids in your town to see it. Believe me when I tell you that Make Way for Youth is a movie you don't want to miss. And now, the adventures of... Superman! Realizing that he must track down and destroy the mysterious ghost brigade before he can help Barry White counter the attempts to wreck his administration and drive him out of the office of mayor, Superman and his guise of Clark Kent revisited the Wax Museum with Monsieur Brebon, 
the sculptor who fashioned most of the wax statues. Kent hoped that Braymont could offer some explanation for the seemingly supernatural activities of the statues of Captain Kidd, Jesse James, and the other infamous members of the Ghost Brigade. However, before the sculptor could volunteer any information, Kent suddenly noticed that one pedestal was empty, a pedestal which had supported the statue of a deadly assassin who, in years gone by, roamed the streets of London, leaving a trail of brutal, cold-blooded murder in his wake. Now the ghost of Jack the Ripper was loose in Metropolis. A few hours later, as dusk settled over the city, the first report of the Ripper's murderous activities reached City Hall, and the entire police department was alerted. Prowl cars ranged every street. Policemen on foot watched every pedestrian. And, resuming his true identity, Superman took to the air to help in the desperate search. As the Man of Steel rockets through the night sky, skimming over rooftops, darting through narrow streets and twisting alleys, scanning every shadowy doorway for a glimpse of the maniacal killer, his amazing vision fails to penetrate the Stygian gloom of a small side street, where Lois Lane, helpless and alone, stands paralyzed with fear as the footsteps of the killer come closer and closer. Oh, who's there? Answer me. Who's there? (laughs) Just then, however, a car rounds the far corner of the block and twin beams of light cut through the darkness. A tall, dark-cloaked figure is clearly illuminated. A figure towering over Lois, upraised hand clutching a steel-plated knife. The girl's horrified scream rises clearly through the night air, reaching the keen ears of Superman flying high above the city. Great Scott! That may be an attack by the Ripper! Down! Down! Ah, what? You'll have to use better steel than that, my friend. Superman, I... I didn't do nothing. No, just a little attempted murder. Come here! No! Let go! Relax or I'll break you in two. Hey! What's going on here? All right, friend. Everything's under control now. Gosh, it's Superman. Thanks for driving down this street. If you hadn't, this poor girl would be dead now. Well, gosh, you sure she ain't? She's lying awful quiet. She's all right. She only fainted. Oh. Well, anything I can do, Superman? No, thanks. I can handle things. Come on, you. Put me down. Put me down. Oh, no. We're going on a little trip. Yeah. Now, Lois under my other arm, and we're all set. There we are. Up, up, and away! Blast it, Henderson, will you stop that infernal pacing? How do you expect me to keep calm when the head of my police department is a nervous wreck? Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. White, but I, I can't help it. Why don't we get any reports? All my men are out. They're turning the city upside down. We should hear something. Well, no news is good news. Oh, every time that phone rings, I think Jack the Ripper has another victim. Good evening, Inspector Henderson. What? Mr. What? White. Superman. Superman. Caesar. Superman. What in places is going on? It's all over, Mr. White. You don't have to worry anymore. I've got Jack the Ripper right here under my arm. Great jumping bullfrogs. Well, who's the girl? Oh. What? Why, it's Lois. Yes, she had a bad scare and she fainted, but she seems to be coming around now. Here, I'll, I'll put her on the couch. Get some water, Henderson. Right. But let me get a look at that ripper guy. You will, Inspector. He's going to stick around for a long time. Oh. Easy, Miss Lane. What? Take it easy. Why? Why, Superman. That's right. And you, Chief. Yes, Lawson. But what happened? What am I doing uh, here? Here's the water. Uh, Superman apparently pulled you out of a jam. Right? It's him. It's Jack the Ripper. Steady now. Keep him away no, from no. me. He won't hurt you now. Oh. Here, here, Lois. Take some water. No. All right. Well, then let me have it, Mayor White. Let's give the Ripper a good face wash. Get some of that makeup off. No, no, let go of me. Hold still, you. No, 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 no. There, that's better. 
Uh, let me see his face. Take a look. Why, it's Turkey Morgan. Who? Turkey Morgan. He used to be Mike Hickey's right-hand man before Hickey went to prison. Well, you mean to say that, 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 that this fellow has been all those, those ghosts? So it seems. But why? I don't understand. Turkey knows. He'll tell us. Come on, Turkey. No, no, I don't know nothing. Turkey, remember the little flying trip we just took from town? I noticed you didn't enjoy it too much. Perhaps another spin at 5,000 feet might loosen your tongue. No. Sometimes my hands get cold up there and I drop what I'm carrying. No, no, you wouldn't. Oh, yes, I would. Inspector Henderson, will you open the window, please? Sure. Give him a good ride. The best. Let's go, Turkey. No, don't put me down. I'll, I'll talk. I'll tell you everything. All right, go ahead. Catch my breath. Catch it fast or you'll be losing it for a long time. Uh, he's stolen. Come on, Turkey, open up. Okay, okay, give me a chance. Remember, Turkey, we've got you on a charge of attempted murder. All right. Here it is. The guy behind the whole deal. The guy who thought it up, figured it out, is... Look out, Turkey! Suddenly, like an arrow sped from a bow, Superman leaps at Turkey Morgan in a flying tackle, sending him sprawling just as a shot rings out. And a bullet meant for the gangster buries itself in the wall. Who fired the shot, timed to eliminate Turkey Morgan an instant before he was about to reveal the man behind the mystery of the ghost brigade. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Just as Turkey Morgan, captured by Superman and brought to Mayor Perry White's office, was about to reveal the name of the man behind the mystery of the Ghost Brigade, a shot rang out. Moving to the speed of light, Superman caught Morgan in a flying tackle and sent him sprawling as the bullet, intended to silence him forever, passed harmlessly over his head and embedded itself in the wall. Now, a split second later, the Man of Steel was up on his feet, heading for the door of the office while Perry White, Police Inspector Henderson, Lois Lane, and Turkey Morgan look on in dumbfounded amazement. Come back here. I saw you fire that shot. You can't get up there now. That's what you think. That's what I know. Oh, playful, eh? Evidently, you haven't heard that bullets bounce off my chest. Well, what are you waiting for? You've got three more cartridges in the gun. Come on, shoot them at me. Let's play catch. Oh, those are a little wild. You're getting nervous. Let's have the last one dead center and watch it bounce. Now let me get me a lot. Oh, so that's it. Saving a last bullet for yourself. No, you don't. Sorry, you're going to live to face the music. I'll take that gun. No, thank you. Now, in you go to tell your dirty double-crossing story to Mayor and Inspector Henderson. No. And when you're through, I want the honor and privilege of escorting you to jail. For I hope they keep you for the rest of your twisted life. Come on, Mr. Rat. <laughs> Lifting his captive by the scruff of the neck, Superman carries him back into Perry White's office. Who is the man who tried to silence Turkey Morgan and then, cornered, attempted to take his own life? We'll know tomorrow, gang, when we bring the mystery of the Ghost Brigade to a smashing climax and begin another exciting Superman adventure. So don't miss tomorrow's doubleheader, the solution of the Ghost Brigade mystery, and the beginning of another story. Be sure to listen, same time, same station, to the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. 
Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Mayor Perry White makes a desperate last-ditch fight to save his administration as Superman takes an important prisoner and the secret of the mysterious Ghost Brigade is revealed. All right, step inside. Turkey Morgan will be interested in seeing you. Now, get your hands off me. Put me down. Inside, I said. Superman, what's going on? Just a moment, Mr. White. Turkey, do you know this man? Let me go. I'll say I do. He's the guy you want. He's the leader of the Ghost Brigade. Gang, how'd you like your pup to be judged the best of all the dogs of every breed at America's most important dog show? Well, thousands of people jammed Madison Square Garden last year just to see that lucky winner, Warlord of Mazelaine. Congratulations, Porter and Nate Levine, the men who handled and trained Warlord. To Nate, it was just one more prize to add to his collection. For Nate Levine is one of the greatest dog handlers in America, and winning prizes is an old story to him. You see, Nate won his first prize when he was all of ten years old and hasn't stopped winning him ever since. He won that first prize of his with a lovely little collie named Pine Ridge Sweet Mary. It was something to see when that ten-year-old kid proudly walked up to accept the coveted award he'd snatched from under the noses of the professional dog trainer. Now, that started him on his career, and he's stuck to it ever since. When it comes to naming his favorite kind of dog, Nate just can't do it. I just can't pick a favorite breed, he says. I don't have any. There are wonderful dogs of every type and every kind. Wonderful collies, boxers, scotties. After all, dogs are very much like people. Just as you don't have all the best people belonging to only one race, so you don't have all the best dogs belonging to only one breed. I like a dog because of its individual qualities and not because it happens to be born a member of a certain breed. Well, Nate, you should know. Gang, be sure to listen at the end of this program because we'll be giving you some training tips for your dogs from Nate. Be sure to listen. The Adventures of Superman. With Superman's capture of Turkey Morgan, who, disguised as the deadly assassin Jack the Ripper, terrorized the city of Metropolis, the mystery of the Ghost Brigade reached an amazing climax. Brought to Perry White's office in City Hall, where he was cross-examined by the editor mayor and police inspector Henderson, Turkey finally broke down and was about to divulge the identity of the leader of the Ghost Brigade when suddenly a shot rang out. Almost instantaneously, Superman leaped forward and knocked Turkey to the floor, and the bullet buried itself harmlessly in the wall. Then, without wasting a second, the Man of Steel whirled and streaked out into the hall in close pursuit of the mysterious assailant. Now, a moment later, he reappears, holding a familiar figure by the arm. White, Henderson, and Lois Lane stare in surprise, but Turkey Morgan lunges forward, pointing an accusing finger. That's him! That's the guy! I took orders from him. He and Mike Hickey were pot Greg Caesar. I, I can't believe Yeah, and I made a deal. Hickey would turn this town on his ear, and then Hamill would walk in and grab the mayor's office and spring Hickey out of the pen. Between the two of them, they'd have this town sewed up tight. Good heavens. Listen, White, if you think that criminal's word will stand up against... It'll stand up all right, Hammer. And the charge of attempted murder will stand up, too. Will it? On whose evidence? Your friends? The people of Metropolis will never believe you. Besides, you'll never get to them before I'm elected mayor. Oh, good heavens, Chief. The special election, it's tomorrow. I forgot all about it. Yes, the special election. No one will ever believe the man they themselves chose could be guilty of any crime. You'll never be able to tell them in time. I won't, eh? Hammer, you're going to get the shock of your life. Henderson, take him away. I've got work to do. Right, sir. Come on, Hammer. There's a law against carrying a loaded weapon in the city. Didn't you know it? Oh, Inspector. What about Turkey? Do you want me to take him in? Oh, I can handle them both. Come on, Morgan. Well, 
inspector seems happier than I've seen him in a long time. Mm, so am I. And now let's get to work. What can we do, Chief? It's almost 10 o'clock. You'll never be able to get a special edition out in time. Oh, special edition be hanged. I'm going on the air. I'll talk to the people directly. But how will you get an audience? You go back to the office. Get on the phone. Get Jimmy on the phone. Yes. And Ken, if you can find him, call everyone you know. Get them to call everyone they know. Spread the word all over town that I'll be on the air at 11 o'clock and yes. I'll tell the whole story of the Ghost Brigade. Good idea. I think I can lend a hand too, Mayor White. See you later. Right. And thanks, Superman. But remember, we've only got one hour. Hello, Mr. Gaines. This is Lois Lane of the Daily Planet. Now, listen, this is important. Please listen to station WDPN tonight at 11. Mayor White is going to make an important speech. And call all your friends, will you? Ask them to listen. Hello, Bob. This is Jim. Jim Olson. I want you and your folks to listen to the radio at 11 o'clock tonight, will you? Mayor White's going to talk. He's got something important to say. And call up all the other guys. Get everybody to listen. <laughs> That's right, ma'am. 11 o'clock tonight. Mayor White is speaking. Don't forget, it's awful important. You've got to listen to him. Mayor White, 11 o'clock. Mayor White, 11 o'clock. Hello, Perry White's friends leap to his aid, calling one number after another, passing the word throughout the city. And high in the night sky, Superman does his share for the fighting editor. Young Jimmy Olsen, taking a breather at the office window, looks up, stares, and calls... Miss Lane, come here, quick! I can't, Jimmy, I haven't time. You gotta look, it's Superman! Oh, what's he doing? He's flying over the city, pulling a banner along behind him, see it? Must be at least a hundred feet long. Oh, yes. Uh, here, Mayor White, 11 o'clock tonight, station WDPN. Oh, how wonderful, Jim. That's what he meant by lending a hand. Wow, what a deal. Good heavens, it's 11 o'clock now, turn the radio on. Lincoln Lizards. Bring you a special address by his honor, Perry White, Mayor of Metropolis. In time. Mayor White. Friends and citizens of Metropolis, I'm speaking to you tonight, not as the mayor, but as a man with certain facts in his possession. Facts which you must know. In the past two weeks, Metropolis has been visited by what has been popularly called the Ghost Brigade. We've seen Captain Kidd, Jesse James, Jack the Ripper, and others. Well, they've been led by a Benedict Arnold. By a double-crossing traitor in our own city government. By Councilman Albert Hammer. That's Councilman Hammer entered into an agreement with Mike Hickey, former political boss of Metropolis, now in the state penitentiary. Well, here are the latest returns, Chief. Read them and cheer. Mm, a clean sweep certainly makes me feel good. It should. That was a wonderful speech you made last night. Oh, Chief. it wasn't only the speech. It was your work, Lois. And yours, Jim. Well, thanks, Mr. Boy. And that expose on the ghost that you wrote. Jim. How in the world did you ever find out, Clark? Oh, by fitting the pieces together. Obviously, the wax figures couldn't move by themselves, but the wax pieces we found fitted them. I did some checking with Turkey Morgan and found out they had a woman, a seamstress, make her clothes using the statues as a model. When she fitted the clothing to the statues, some of the wax came off, sticking to the material. And the pieces dropped off later where I found them. Well, the whole thing certainly was ingenious. Too bad a mind like that couldn't be used for good instead of evil. Well, it's getting late, and I have a story to write. Oh, no. No, Lois. No more work. Not for a while, anyway. What? What do you mean, Chief? We're all going on a vacation, starting right now. Oh! I want you and Lois and you too, Jim, to be my guests on a fishing trip. Hey! Well, my boat is in Florida now. We can catch a plane tonight and be out on the Gulf Stream in the morning. Oh, Oh, Jim! No more work and no more worries for the next two weeks. Editor White smiles, and Kent Lois and Jimmy smile with him in anticipation of two full weeks of pleasure. But their smiles would fade instantly if they could only look ahead for what Perry White plans as a vacation cruise 
may turn out to be the strangest adventure of their lives. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. As you know, Perry White invited Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen on a southern fishing trip as a reward for having helped solve the mystery of the Ghost Brigade. As we join them now, they have flown south and are all aboard White's cruiser, the Marauder, drifting on the warm blue waters of the Gulf Stream off the coast of Florida. Gee, Mr. White, this is swell. What will I tell my mother about fishing way out on the Atlantic Ocean? I've got one. I've got a fish. Oh, here's your rod. Hold it up. Start ready, Lois. Boy, look at him take it. Oh, look at him out like that. Come on. Oh. Oh, I lost him. No, no wonder. You fish like a washerwoman. Keep the line talking, Lois. How do you expect me to catch anything with everybody screaming instructions at once? We weren't. I give up. Maybe, I do. Maybe I'll hook the one you lost. I'm at a strike for over an hour. Make it fast. We're going in, so. Oh, gosh, do we have to? Yeah, it's 5 o'clock. It'll be dark soon. Hey, get an ice cream soda. I catch one before you do, Jim. Okay, Mr. Kent, it's a bet. Right. Come on, fish. Get hungry. Oh, look, the moon is coming up. There. See it on the horizon over there? Oh, you're crazy. There's no moon tonight. And if there were, it'd come up out of the east. Over there. Well, then, what's that strange glow in the sky just off the water? Do you see it? No. Look. Great Scott. Where are the binoculars, Chief? On the transom. Oh. What's all the excitement? Oh, just discovered a new moon in the dawn. Do you see anything, Clark? Plenty. Rail in, Jim. Chief, start the motor. We're going out there. Are you crazy? No. It's something floating out there. Something strange. I don't care. We're going in the dark. You can't just ignore it, Chief. We can't go tooting off into the ocean chasing strange lights. It isn't just a light. It, 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 it's something fantastic. Oh, now, look here, Kent. Start don't... the motor, Chief. We've got to go out there. Let my eyes deceive me. We've stumbled on something out of this world. <laughs> how true those words are. The strange and unearthly glow is something out of this world. Something that has never been seen by the human eye before. Gang, whatever you do, wherever you are, don't miss tomorrow's opening episode of the new Superman story. The mystery of Sleeping Beauty. As Clark Kent said, it's fantastic and amazing. And you'll thrill to every minute of it. So join us tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 1 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Excelsior!